It's Learning to Listen with Quinn, Naomi, and Charlie. Hello. Welcome, everyone, to L2L Podcast, Learning to Listen. Um, Of course, today we are going to be talking all about number 79 on our Rolling Stones greatest albums of all time, uh, Mr. Frank Ocean's Blonde. But before that, (laughs) Patreon.com as a big thank you, you know, for making this happen. We've got some uh, extra, you know, minutes uh, that you can only get at Patreon.com slash learning to listen. There's about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes of extra content at the very top of this episode. So Go there, patreon.com slash learning to listen. But here's the opening spiel. This is L2L, where we're talking about music and the way we listen to music. We're trying to engage with the music we listen to. We're all about the lost art of engaged listening. So that's why we're talking about albums and consuming the album as a whole artistic statement, the way artists intended. This isn't a biography show, uh, but you know, my little tidbit here and there might get in there if you pay attention. But no, instead, this is a pure guttural and visceral reaction to the music we are listening to. All right. So I am your host. My name is Quinn. I've got my co-host with me. I've got bedroom rapper, or should I say bedroom napper? (laughs) Bedroom napper. Yeah. Charlie Scream. Charlie Scream. All right. And then with us as always, as well, if YTV's hit list was her Jedi temple, then Tarzan Dan would have been her Jedi master. It's Naomi (laughs) Carmack. You're right again, Quinn. You're right again. I know. I know. (laughs) Just judging by that video you showed us in the Patreon earlier, that nailed it. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking nailed it. All right. So we are doing Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Albums of All Time, according to their top 500 list from 2012 and amended in 2020. So this is number 79 on the list. Do you guys want to hear all about it? Tell me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Blonde, spelt with an E or alternatively titled like it is on the album cover with no E for some reason, is the second studio album by American singer Frank Ocean. It was released on August 20th, 2016 as a timed exclusive on the iTunes store and Apple Music and followed the August 19th release of Ocean's video album Endless in 2013. Ocean confirmed that his follow-up to Channel Orange would be another concept album initially known as Boys Don't Cry, and teased for a July 2015 release, the album suffered several delays and was the subject of widespread media anticipation leading up to its release. Its physical release was accompanied by a magazine entitled The Boys Don't Cry. So it has nothing to do with the uh, the, the Hillary Swank movie from, <laughs> from the they're, 90s. They're not connected. They are not connected. Okay, so yeah, getting into it, guys. Um, how aware of Frank Ocean and this album... Are you guys? Were you guys? Not at all. Yeah. Never heard of it. I was I was aware of him because he was like taking the world by storm there or whatever. Like he when he came out with the first album. But I never actually listened to him. (laughs) Yeah, I am almost uh, the name is about all I recognize. I mean, I know that he's popped up on some other projects here and there. I I think he was on that Beyonce album we listened to. Okay. Yeah, for some reason. yeah, yeah. I see Beyonce when I think about Frank Ocean sometimes. Yeah, so. yeah. So here's the thing, like, yeah, I, I don't know. Otherwise, totally ignorant to the guy. I 
I don't know. I don't know anything about him. I, I've never heard the other album. I've never heard this album. I've never heard any of the singles. Like if I've heard him, it's maybe just been on somebody else's and I didn't know who he was or what, but I've heard the name out there in the either, but I never paid attention. I wasn't anticipating this record or anything like that. So this is 100% my first listen through of not just this album, but my first listen to of Frank Ocean in any capacity that I'm aware of. What about Me too. you? Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And for somebody who's, I mean, you know, according to what I've read and I haven't read much, but uh, like this was a a very highly anticipated album. It was, you know, it, it sold well, I guess. I mean, through iTunes and whatnot, but uh, 2016 is when it finally dropped. Is that what I just read? 16. Yeah. 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 And it, it took them a few years or whatever. And people were really looking forward to it. Apparently that first album was very popular. So I'm surprised that I'm like just almost totally ignorant <laughs> to Frank Ocean. I have no idea. I don't know anything about him. I don't know. So, you guys so know he's when- definitely so he's definitely one of the more recent albums that we're we've been reviewing, especially from this list. Yeah, I would think so, right? By well, that 2016. What, with anything more recent? That Beyonce album came out when 13? 13. Yeah. Because yeah, we were mentioning that in the today. last episode. And then when did that Drake album we did come out? 2012 2012 if i had to guess off the top of my head okay well i i think anyway either way it doesn't really matter i would i'm still guessing this is the most recent but this is i'm noticing though that there's uh an era and kind of a theme to these albums that are making it into this list and i finally have a word for it and it's only because of of listening to this album and reading a couple of things about it and i was like oh this resonates with me and i'm like i finally know what to call drake and you know like some beyonce and obviously this album and interestingly enough we were watching a video earlier that referenced new wave music i'm not going to say this is like you know like new wave r&b but i would say it's post r&b that makes a lot of sense to me, right? The way that like early new wave was referred to as like post punk. Right. You know? But I think the problem with the term like new wave is that's too ambiguous. You know, a lot of genres like, you know, there there's new wave, like uh, heavy metal, right? Like, you know, it, it has nothing to do with like what flock of seagulls were doing right with, with new wave actual, <laughs> but they were like, it's the new wave. So I hesitate to use a term like new wave, but I would use post R and B. Okay. Yeah, I get that. You, do you guys? Yeah, yeah. I'll allow it. Yeah. Do, does that make sense to you, Naomi? Post R and B. Yeah, but it, I don't know how to describe like this genre because it kind of had like, to me, not an element of jazz so much as the instruments used, but like the discombobulation of it all. Like it was just all over the map. Well, that's a fun. So if word. that's if that's if that's what they call post R and B, then I don't well, like it. I'll, t- I'll tell you what I think of what you just described. Mm-hmm. And I think this is funny that this idea has been popping up in the la- in like the last couple of albums we've listened to, a handful of them anyways, like avant-garde soul, avant-garde pop. The avant-garde, avant-garde label keeps popping up in things that I see about the albums that we're listening to. And I'm like, okay. And it's funny because the times that that term pops up i've already made a decision in my head i'm like i kind of like this i don't don't know why and then i see that i'm like huh because i know i've brought it up at least twice in the last handful of episodes where i'm like 
I think maybe I should check out more avant-garde pop or avant-garde soul. <laughs> avant-garde. Mm. Well, okay. So I don't even know what that means fully, but I think I like to it. To me, it, it sounds fancy. It sounds like a fancy way of saying different. It is exactly what that. <laughs> it's a French way of saying <laughs> different. French is <laughs> fancy. Different from That's the norm. Fresh. Avant-garde. Um, yeah. So in this case, though, you know, like, so that's, I'm liking this term post R&B, though, because, you know, not that I wanted to put labels on everything. I actually kind of abhor having to label absolutely everything. But said, let's put some labels on some things. Yeah, am I right? That being said, though, I have kind of a, a group in my head now of like things like, like, like Drake or, you know, these elements of like, where it's a little deconstructed from the norm. It's not, you know, your normal arrangement of a, like a song. It, it's got, it's it's built on the idea of of R&B and pop but you know in this case this is very it's very ambient mm-hmm. very sparse mm-hmm. you know um instrumentation is like my very first reaction my very first hit play on the song Nike right was aside from the 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 prince uh you know phase or pitch shifted vocals, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I was like, oh, that's copying a page out of Prince's book. But then again, you know, Ween did who did it too. <laughs> that was that was that was the, the second I turned. I I started this and it went to that. I was like, I think I'm gonna like this. This has got some Ween slash Prince to it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I was really at first taken aback by how, you know, like in the SoundCloud era. And I guess this only being 2016 when this came out kind of makes sense. But I'm like, how bedroom, you know, like rapper, (laughs) not that this isn't really a rap album, I wouldn't say, but like how, you know, how this is our SoundCloud rapper, how like how this is this, this doesn't sound like it was made in the studio at all. Right. Right. This sounds like it was made on a laptop. And I'm not saying that as a negative. I was just like, I was just like, oh, this is the kind of production that like anybody like with a little bit of vision can do. This is this is literally probably done on a fucking MacBook or something, right? Well, and it's really interesting some of the choices that are made, like some moments where he, they choose he chooses to to split in just ambient noise from the room, noise. just like you hear somebody like. Yeah, you hear move my stuff over around and, or something. And every time, every time I listen to this album, I've like turned my head and I'm like, what is there some, you know, like I'm, it sounds so real that I turn to look and be like, is there something here? What's what's happening behind? Yeah, me? well, it sounds like what what room noise sounds like when you have your headphones on. Mm-hmm, right? Totally. Like, if you got a condenser mic in front of you and you start banging around in the room, you know, like, yeah. And it's weird because it's definitely uh, intentional. Mm-hmm. As it comes in, it it's comes not in like, out of nowhere, and it's like it's yeah. all quiet in the background, and then it comes in as a as a choice. Well, there'll just be like some ambient chord just being held or something like, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden noises mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. fade up or something. You know, You're like it's a real choice. So I mean, it's yeah, it's uh, it's it. I didn't know what to expect at all. So it definitely threw me the first time that I was starting to listen through the production, you know, because I was just like, oh, this is so, yeah, this just, just reminds me of somebody on SoundCloud being like, here's my mixtape, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it also makes sense, right? That like, 
there's a taste for that now too. And people are building careers out of it. I, I would say that probably Frank Ocean came to that sound on his own. Whereas like, you know, you have like a little Nas X or whatever, who's a literal like SoundCloud, like rapper. I don't know. Rapper's not the right word, but you know what I mean? Just and, artist. Yeah. Artist. And then, and then blows up from there. Cause you know, something goes viral. <clears throat> but then what's interesting to me is like a little Nas X goes from being a SoundCloud artist, you know, bedroom rapper and goes to a studio and gets big production. Right. Right. And this seems to be maybe the opposite. I haven't listened to the first album, so I have no idea. But from what I've, what I, what I, what I've inferred is this is a real like departure from an earlier sound, which blows my mind that this is only the second album. Right. You know, and that it took so long, you know, that, that, uh, that it was not just three years of production because it was like three years of, of like really dialing in a perfect record. Like most of that time was spent with writer's block going like, I have no fucking idea how to make another record. I don't know what to do now. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, but, but, but the, the thing is, is that there's those elements from like something like that Beyonce album and that Drake album where I would say those are definitely more, they're more pop records you know, mm-hmm. um, there's there's more intentional, like polish, more production on those things. But I do see the similarities in where it's like trying to subvert the expectations of like an R&B record, or, you know. And and so I think, you know, I, I would say that so far, if those would count as post R&B albums, I think this is probably the best one I've heard so far. Yeah, I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I came around to it really on the second. Now, the first listen through was a lot of just kind of understanding what I was getting into, mm-hmm. you know, like listening through, getting used to those choices in the production, the pitch shifted vocals, the ambient noise, the just real sparse. And, you know, and I did find like it was definitely slow and meandering and that was a little hard to uh you know to to hold on to the first time like just to be like okay i gotta sit in this gotta live with this or whatever um but you know it was atmospheric enough that there i found moments to be actually kind of like meditative Mm -hmm. you know maybe even soothing a little bit Mm -hmm. like of course every once in a while like then a noise would come in and take you out of it or something like that but i was like it's got to be a choice right uh, and then I really found that through a second listen through when I sat down and was like, okay, like, let me dig into the, to the lyrics here because I caught a few things here and there, but I didn't catch everything. And then I really watched lyrics and I was like, damn, you know, like it's got some like real powerful moments of introspection. Like this is a really inward looking record. And even though like the lyrics that grab you the first time you listen through are the ones that you expect, you know, it's like the kind of machismo lyrics or it's like the end bombs and that sort of thing, or like it's the you know it's just the lyrics about sex and stuff that you're like like right off the top there's a lyric about like if you want this dick (laughs) right (laughs) and i'm like okay like maybe this is just like all those other ones where it's like yeah musically it takes a lot of chances but then it's you know it's it's just about it's just obsessing about like the same things you know 
but then when you really break down the lyrics and you get into it it's like oh man there's some depth here there's some real depth here right and those moments are really uh almost a counterpoint to everything else it's like they happen but it's almost to illustrate of like a, a deeper point you know like I would say by the time you get to the about, I don't know, it's maybe about the halfway point on the record. I think it's a song called Self Control. Uh, well, finally, that's at the point that song where it actually doesn't suck for me. Well, okay, fair enough. But I was going to say, like, man, I just found myself sucked into that song and I was just mm-hmm. like pouring over it. And I just like, uh, I, I was, I, I was kind of, I was really moved. <laughs> you know and i was like oh man i i really think i get what this album is about like and, and maybe that's true like you know how the, he he was really struggling with his mental health mm-hmm. and expectations and stuff like that and it feels like he has this like this deep sense of like you know like like loss of like time and personal relationships and all that sort of stuff and it's you know this i feel like this whole album is kind of a little bit of a lament overall you know if that makes any sense and i it's not from the song self-control it's from an earlier song from solo and solo on its surface seems like it's about like yeah it's like hitting the club and stuff like that right but then there's this line in there and the first time i heard it i thought it was just uh like a repeating itself where it said i thought it was inhale inhale there's heaven but then when i read the lyrics it's actually inhale in hell there's heaven you know and i was like oh this song is about escape i get it it's not like you know he's talking about it's like you know this is basically the deconstructed version of like in the club right (laughs) you know where that's about like the avarice or whatever like this is about like like you know why you need that and now that i've read that it's like oh the album was called it was going to be called boys don't cry and then he still released like a magazine version that was called boys don't cry or whatever and i'm like you know i get it but like it's weird because you know maybe i would sometimes think it's like oh that could be overwrought or a little too self-indulgent but i don't know i i i found myself overall really enjoying this album um i don't think it's all great like I do think it is slow and meandering and I can see where that would lose people. <laughs> and, but I think that like, yeah, there's some moments on this thing that are great, like just great moments. I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that I had almost zero expectations of what this would be because uh, like I, like it's like when you go see like a good movie and you had no idea what what it was going to be like about you hadn't seen really any trailers or anything you know and then have any sort of preconceived notions going in yeah exactly because then it just really helped me be a little more open to the experience and even though things about it threw me in the first place it's but once i had that idea of what was happening by the time i got to the end of it i was like i was like okay i can listen to this again um i mean i did find it a little long overall you know Mm. especially because some of it is so like kind of uh you know like i get how it could be dragging for sure i went into this album being like okay i'm gonna be excited for this one because i think that i've heard so much about frank ocean and how he's so critically acclaimed and you know i was like oh cool i think i'm gonna really like this i fucking hated the whole thing the whole thing (laughs) i hated it yeah 
it was it was odd and I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all. The flow just seems completely broken up. But I feel like there's no real melody until you hit that song self-control. Like I felt like I feel like his rap flow is like crazy and boring and weird and doesn't it's like I use the word discombobulated because I felt like it was all over the map and it, it just I didn't it annoyed me. That's I find that confusing how you didn't like the melody for solo in itself. Like that was probably the standout track, like the biggest standout track for me was solo. And like, I, I yeah. quite enjoyed the album as a whole, um, even with, like, especially with the weird stuff, because I just dig that kind of weird stuff. But yeah. like, and then when, when the parts that I don't know, Quinn, Quinn is kind of saying are slow or meandering or sort of boring. I was just like, this is just a chill, chill album, which has some, some weird stuff. And I really like the use of the weird stuff as where it's not just like, the 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 vocal changers uh you know the pitch shifting and stuff like that it's not just used just for weird sake i found that a lot of the times i think it was used sort of like a phrasing for memories like when he's when he's like going through a previous time those voices are the ones that are the higher pitched ones so i thought it was a really interesting way to use that yeah charlie i caught that too um i'm trying to remember it's one of the later songs um uh, is it uh, Siegfried? That's one of the last ones. I think that's where he's talking about. Like, I was hoping he was talking about the Siegfried and Roy guy. <laughs> oh, no, or maybe it's like Ferrari. But yeah, like there's tigers? a there's like a chorus that he does first in a pitch shifted high voice, mm-hmm. and then does it again in a, a pitch shifted low voice. And oh, uh, it's the okay. The lyrics are the, it's the one where it's like uh, I'll sleep. Uh, uh, ain't it's it's nothing i'll sleep beside or between you those are the lyrics and you know what i liked about it too is that uh is that it's like it it's not always like right on the surface like what the songs are about you know it's more implied i can't even understand what he's saying so i don't know what it's about well i didn't find that it was that hard to understand the lyrics like listening to them but but I definitely did uh, did take more from reading the lyrics a lot more. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm I'm glad I did sit down because I was I was kind of considering. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't know if I have the time to to invest in this. <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, Charlie, you're right. I I, I noticed that too. It was like the the high the pitch up voice mm-hmm. like represents something youthful, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a memory or something, or or like it might be uh, his, you know, somebody like talking to him in a memory mm-hmm. you know and then maybe he'll re- re- return to that phrase but with like a like you know either his voice or a pitch down voice you know and, and i'm like i get it like yeah like this is a guy who's just he's he's really contemplating his life to this point mm-hmm. and he's kind of lamenting a lot of stuff um so I, I i got that uh but yeah naomi you do have a point the melody is not <laughs> is not much of a thing on this album by far like and that's something i thrive off of so to not have it there is really hard for me to like really engage and also like so i said i didn't even notice a melody real come out really come out until the song Mm self-control and then i was kind of like okay well here maybe something great's gonna happen here yeah i I mean coming coming from like you know the the a bit of a rap world or whatever like I mean, okay, it's self-control that has the big vocal harmony on it, right? Towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so. yeah. I, 
that's what I mean though. There's, there's moments where all of a sudden like a big decision like that to go with like a huge harmony. I mean, I'm listening to it and I'm going like, pretty sure this is mostly just, uh, I don't know. I don't think there's like, there's a choir, <laughs> you know, I don't think he brought like a, a whole fucking group in to sing all these. I think this is probably his voice ran through like, you know, different, like, you know, he might be singing. I don't know. It's so hard yeah. to tell what yeah. he's doing when he's doing it who's do sometimes other people are doing it there's uncredited stuff all over here i mean there's a pretty obvious rap from andre 3000 totally which is pretty oh. great yeah the, the one about catching how like that's solo reprise yeah oh solo reprise that's him yeah 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 that's oh. andre 3000 okay um and i like there was a really there was a really clever like lyric in there about kind of uh if I can, I don't know if the rap is, is here in the lyrics or not, but, um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He has a, he has a, he had a line here. So this is from Andre where he's like, uh, okay. So <laughs> what the solo that I can give a fuck about what is trending, trying to cut down on my spending, regardless of winning instead of pretending and bending over backwards, over half of these hoes had work done saying they want something real from a man. Just saying it. We ain't being real persons. I hate it that it's like this. I feel for you, Ann. I don't know who Ann is. I don't know <laughs> what it's like to with a skirt on. So pardon me if I'm being insensitive, but darling, this only worsens. So low, my halo stay way low. Uh, anyway, uh, I yeah, I, I, would, I was. Yeah, I thought that was like I like this uh, point of view thing where he's talking about like having to deal with the idea of he's like, ah, I, he's like, I think you're fake and you say you want something real, but like, how can you be fake? But then he's like, but then he had the same turn of phrase. He's like, but then again, I have no idea what it's like to be you. So I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm just trying to say what I'm thinking. You know, it's like mm -hmm. things on my mind. I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great verse. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, it was yeah. interesting. You know, I, I, uh, I was like, Oh, this is, it's just thematic of the whole album that it's not, it's like you know it, it it's it it could on very the very surface be taken as another typical kind of you know pop r&b album but it's not it's not at all it's actually you know it's 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 i i get why it's a critical kind of darling you know yeah. In order to understand that verse that you just quoted did you have to read the lyric or could you understand it when you were listening to it um, I don't know if I caught it the first time around. I definitely caught phrases from it, but I, mm. but it's rap, you know, and he's rapping fast. Yeah. So I probably would have had to listen to it a few times through on my own to, to catch it. But, but, but no, I'm, I'm glad I sat down with the lyrics now that I'm like, you know, I've had a real taste of them. I, I, I it just, I got a, I, I just like what I wanted. Remember when we were talking about like Beyonce and I was like, I wanted this album to be deeper. Or I got the impression that it would be a deeper record. And then it was just a fuck record. Like with maybe like one or two songs that were kind of like had a point. Right. Right. You know, like, and even that Drake album, you know, it's supposed to like, it got talked up. Like it was, you know, like, Oh, Drake gets deep on these lyrics or whatever, but it's mostly him obsessed with, you know, the idea of a good girl. Like he's always obsessed with good girls. I'm like, oh, this is just going back to the same well over and over again. This one was though. This is one I was like, oh, okay. This actually, this guy thinks <laughs> he's, he's, this guy's actually has some depth to like his point of view, or at least he's willing to be introspective, you know? Mm. So 
yeah, I, I found that to be a real like breath of fresh air. Mm. But yeah, if you're looking for structured songs with like verses, choruses, with obvious melody, like uh, this is definitely not it. Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's just a matter of is, is what do you look for in music? Sure. So it's yeah, I get it. And this is a breath of fresh air for those who want something new and different and avant-garde. An avant-garde. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much this is ever getting played on the radio. I don't see this really much of this fitting in like any radio format, you know? But then why was he so big at that time? He must have been getting air- airplay. Uh, but we're in a new era, right? It's like this went straight to iTunes and Apple Music. And this is like mm. people can, you know, people can have that. You know, I guess there's something to be said for that. Obviously, we're kind of at this point when this came out in 2016. We're probably a little bit beyond the like just buying a single. This is well, all we're, we're into the subscription era. And that's the thing is that there was only Nike's. The first song on the album was the only actual single. Yeah, that, from that'd the be album. a terrible idea for like a radio single, right? Right. Well, yeah. And especially and I, I, I haven't actually seen it, but I'm interested to check it out. But the whole theme of it is kind of um, it's uh, it's inspired by the whole Heaven's Gate cult where you, you know, oh. wear some Nikes, drink some Kool-Aid kind of thing. I thought they so, had Reeboks. Well, okay, but like sneakers. <laughs> I get it. I, yeah, yeah, I get it. So yeah. that's interesting. That's very. That's super interesting. That like they might have you know, had Nikes. Now that I think about it, but for some I reason, wonder if he got paid. Reeboks. Wonder if he got paid. Get a sponsorship from Nike. Yeah, I'm wondering if that was a thing. Well, I mean, or it's not. A, the, this that song is more about is like also a bunch about like materialism and stuff like that, right? So you take the big, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the big brand? Like what's one of the big brands, right? Like yeah, a, well, yeah. A, who makes Air Who makes Jordans, right? Who makes Jordans? Nike, exactly. right? Yeah, it's so it's that's exactly what it is, right? It's you know, th- but that's, that's interesting that that that's the one that's the one uh, single, the release single from from the the whole ep- uh, album. Yeah, I doubt it was a sponsorship. I doubt it's like a corporate, like you know, uh, payola or mm-hmm. no, no, know, for sure. I don't think it's like a movie deal where it's like you know, <laughs> it's not the Reese's Pieces in ET or whatever or. Um, although I bet like even if they looked into the lyrics or not, I'm sure Nike was just happy, is pleased as punch. Yeah, go ahead and use our, <laughs> you know, like yeah. They probably I'm sure I don't I doubt that whoever it was handling that looked deeper into like what is he really saying in the song, you know, like oh that that oh the pursuit of you know status uh, symbols like just Nike sneakers is actually like shallow. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he compares it to his own shallowness in that song right off the hop right so yeah like i would say if anything maybe 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 the experience for this i'd like to see that magazine and see what that's about obviously that's you know um this is we're talking music we're talking the audio so it's not really relevant to what we're talking about per se but i wonder what that experience would be if it's just is it the printed lyrics is it articles what is that magazine well, that's an interesting thing too, right? Like with any of these albums that we're seeing come post 2012, uh, like the Beyonce one and the Drake one, they had other things, right? Like they were multimedia in a way. Like Drake was True. more of just like a super long, like uh, iTunes or Apple or iTunes drop, right? But like the the Beyonce one had a whole video portion, right? So it's it's more of like artists 
I know. And I tried to check it out and I couldn't even good. watch it because yeah. technology had left it behind. I'm sure there's YouTube versions of it out there or whatever, but I tried to experience it in like the context that it was released and couldn't do it. It's also interesting that we keep bringing up Beyonce and, and she's got a, an uncredited backup vocal on one of these tracks too. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Which I'm not sure I caught it. Do you remember which one it was on? I couldn't. I can't remember. Like I don't remember catching it, but like just reading about it and looking it up, it was in the third track, Pink and White. Okay. Um, speaking of these cameos or whatever you want to call them, these guest appearances, what did you guys think about the two? Uh, I would. They're obviously not skits, but they're just just ones. Uh, a message from oh, somebody's cool. mom. I don't think it's Frank Ocean's mom. I think no. it's somebody it's else's his friend's mom. mom. Yeah whatever telling them not to smoke marijuana don't be a weed head <laughs> don't be a weed head weed heads or what did she say get lazy or something. Be lazy yeah <laughs> i thought that part was hilarious i mean it was fun right you know like i i it was cute it was endearing i was like oh mom cares, mom cares. the thing the thing i like about the skit portions yeah. is that i don't think they were manufactured i think they were just legit audio like there was that phone call the message yeah. There was the the story, the, story. the French guy story, yeah, the Facebook, Facebook story, story, yeah, uh, and then there was right at the ending when they were do when it was just like old old audio of uh, you know, the kid. No, kid, I don't even care about. Yeah. Him. I don't even have a bitch, man. Like <laughs> that one broke me or whatever. Yeah, no, but like at the very end of the album, there's oh like the audio kind of, of like a, audio. his brother interviewing him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's like true. these aren't skits in the traditional, you know, hip hop sort of way where they do something and, you know, they have some back and forth or whatever. These are just like legit audio clips that he had. Yeah. It's not like the $20 sack pyramid or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I appreciated them. Um, I mean, I get, I think I get like that, what we're talking about, about kind of lamenting and things like that. I think that's how I get that's where the, uh, the mum, one fits in mm-hmm. you know like um i'm just you know trying to like keep me honest keep me clean that sort of thing mm-hmm. um the facebook one though man <laughs> like nice little commentary on social media in general or whatever right but like uh, kind of relatable like sure. I, you know yeah like who hasn't been there where it's like you didn't like my post on instagram it's like yeah but i, I saw you I in real life you all and day. i was there yeah. and i said good job or whatever and it's like oh it doesn't count unless it's online like and this guy going like that's crazy and this woman broke up with him they've been dating for three years and she's just like i like and he's got that french way of saying it too he's like i'm in front of you yeah (laughs) i am in front of you in your place every day like i don't this virtual thing is nonsense right (laughs) reading reading about a little bit about that that was just like a conversation that that guy was having in the studio and, and the guy, the the guy who was recording it, he just like reached over and like hit the record button. Like he just figured that this conversation was going in an interesting way kind of thing. And he just hit record and then they got that story. That's great. Uh, That's it's a pretty great. awesome bit of like found audio. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and a nice little commentary on just like, you know, society i guess in general or whatever but i i guess i it it, it fits into the somewhat narrative of the uh, of the album overall right um just these relationships and things that obviously have you know well and the fact down. of like stuff st- uh, like the song solo where it's a good chunk talking about like he's waiting for someone to call him back right like right. yeah he's sitting waiting it's just that just the loneliness of technology yeah, yeah, how these things are supposed to bring us together actually 
mm-hmm. tend to push us further apart. I, see, there's there's some depth to this album. That that's what I'm saying. Like, how come how come that Beyonce album wasn't deep like this? I would have liked it a lot more. And it had beats and it had melody and you know, but it didn't have also been, I, I can see that because that was by no means like how long how how long how many albums in was that for Beyonce? Oh, like five. Yeah, so maybe Frank Ocean had a little bit more headspace to to do to take some bigger swings because this is only like a second album, right? Not only well, not only that, but Beyonce, uh, it wasn't that there weren't things that weren't deep. There was a lot of things that really resonated with women that she was saying on that that's album. True. So maybe that's, that's why it wasn't deep to you. It was um, just like a different slice maybe. of what she was talking about. Yeah, like 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 Pretty Hurts and stuff. I, I like that song. Obviously, has a message, right? I just found that the majority of that album, I, what I'm saying here is that like, not that there isn't any depth to Beyonce or her music. That's not what I mean. I mean that no, that yeah. album was sold as if it had a lot more depth to it. You know, mm-hmm. like my expectations, my preconceived notions of what that album would be compared to what it was were totally different. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I went into this album without any preconceived notions and was like, Oh, this is what I had expected you know, maybe not as musically, but like the content of like the lyrics and stuff is what, what I had, what I had kind of expected or hoped from that Beyonce album. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's the only reason I'm comparing it to that Beyonce album. I, just, yeah, I definitely get mm-hmm. different themes. Like the Beyonce one was probably more about empowerment or whatever, and this one's a lot more like a therapy session. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like definitely somebody. Like, and it's been how many years now? And this is, he's, he, I don't think he's produced an, another a record. I don't think there's been another full length, you know, obviously he's, he's popped up on other people's work and done some producing and stuff. Really this one, he's largely part. produced by himself. I mean, other than, you know, he had some collaborators with him on a few tracks with Tyler, the creator and, and mm. Kanye West at one point worked on this album on one track. So oh, yeah. Uh, he wasn't completely by himself, but it definitely sounds like somebody who is really sitting, pondering, thinking, like locked himself in a room with a laptop and, you know, just started working it out. Right. Yeah. I don't know how much of this was really, it says it was, it was uh, like he started working on it in Abbey road studios, but then Whoa. it didn't. Yeah. But, uh, and then and moved to Los Angeles at some point, be, you know, having suffered from the, just not being able to get anything per, like done, I guess. But uh, I'm not sure if this was, because it just doesn't sound like a guy in a studio. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, it sounds like a guy in a room, <laughs> you know, a very like, ambient room. Yeah. Man. Locked, locked, like locked, maybe locked away in a, a hotel room or something, but. I still want to know if we're talking about Siegfried and Roy. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, Man. actually, I, I did know. I did. I did read. I was he said something about, about Ray, it. and I'm like, no, it's Roy. <laughs> there is a sample from uh, the Smiths. Oh, really? Or no? That? Or from Elliot Smith? Sorry, Elliot Smith. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that very different? Yeah, Elliot Smith of the Smiths. Yeah, Elliot Smith of the Smiths. Yeah, that's Robert Robert Smith of the Smiths. Uh, Elliot <laughs> the other Smith. Me. I just read that too quickly. Why uh, weren't the Smiths a bunch of Smiths? That's what I don't understand. <laughs> Johnny Smith and Robert Smith and Billy Smith, the Smith brothers. That would have been so fucking cool. All the um, okay, I got, I, I got, I got you. Uh, Siegfried is a warrior in North mytholo- mythology. That's the one that they're. 
Oh, okay. In Norse mythology? In, it's, uh, in folklore, Siegfried slays the dragon Fafnir and wins the princess Brunhilde. Take that. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, so, okay. But also, like, there's that. I don't think that's the only That's one like I from Wagner. It's... I didn't realize it was Sieg, Siegfried. Yeah. I get, I get, I don't know. Um, anyway, well, talent, though. <laughs> Oh, the fact that there is not, yeah, the, 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 there's no, like, I like that you were used the word discombobulated earlier. There's I actually, I looked up the definition of that word before I used it. <laughs> like, I want oh, sure to make sure I'm representing my thoughts. It, yeah. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. I don't think there's any one thing here to like point towards like, you know, oh, he's a great vocalist or whatever, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, he's like a, definitely a competent, like a good, a damn good vocalist. Yeah, but the voice is so affected so many times. And then even when there's like those vocals, they're so layered up. It's hard to say. Okay, but, so here's my question. In in Solo, there's the part where he's singing that part about hell and heaven. Or mm -hmm. heaven and whatever. In hell, um, in hell there's heaven. Yeah. That's, that's him singing, right? I guess I really, here's the thing is, I don't know if I could pick his voice out specifically. Because if that's the case, which also, and, and then my other, my other like favorite track off the album was, um, oh, what's it close to you, which is sort of based around the Stevie Wonder cover version of a Burt Bacharach, of a Bacharach song, cover, yeah. and which, and he just, you know, changed sort of, it, it. It kind of pops up towards the end of the song. The yeah. Song. And I thought both solo and close to you were like, they're my favorite songs on the album and they're both. Decently good vocal takes too, right? Like yeah, well, from, it's know, interesting that, that that's a sample of Stevie Wonder, and then yet that is so like affected. You mm -hmm. can't tell Stevie Wonder singing that. Totally. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have a sense of like the performative talent of Frank Ocean from this album. I have a sense of like obviously his creativity. You know, uh, maybe there's like obviously a talent for 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 lyric writing, but. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'd, uh, maybe that's also another similarity now. Maybe it's just because we listened to Beyonce so recently too, that that's in my mind. But I remember that was kind of a thought I had about how her, her voice was really wasn't showcased on that album, except for maybe a few songs, but maybe I'll, I'll leave it out of it. I don't, I, do, I don't think there's a showcase for his voice on this album. So I don't get an impression of him as a singer. Mm. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I, I get that. But yeah, I also don't think that was the point. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't think that is a point. But I just, you know, I like to try and maybe talk about the talent here. Like, sure. You know, is that what we're dealing with here? Are we dealing with somebody who's just going to like blow you away with their with their performance, their vocal prowess or whatever? And in this case, I don't know. I don't know. I might maybe earlier records or the earlier record. The earlier record. Yeah. The so I looked record. into it and he's only got like four releases and one was a mixtape and then it was his first album and then it was like a visual album, which I'm, I'm not even sure what that exactly means. And then it was this. It came out around the same time, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm not sure what that is either. Is but, that like uh, Lemonade by Beyonce? Was that a visual album? Well, I think she's consistently put out a visual version of her albums since Beyonce 2013, right? Oh, okay. So I think they're more of a companion pieces. So I, I don't mm -hmm. know if this one is a companion or if it's a completely separate thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, for a guy who had writer's block, apparently for a long time, he managed to put together 17 tracks 
that end up being about an hour almost to the like that's got to be a choice too right for it to land on exactly an hour yeah and there was something with uh you guys were talking about the halfway point of the album Mm. Uh, i think the actual half point of the album is a song called nights where literally like halfway through the album the i think there's silence and then the tone totally shifts Right. So it was well, it was like like it was timed out is what I'm getting at. Well, I wonder what this would look like on vinyl if there's a, like a side A and side B, uh, where the if side A or side B would pick up with solo reprise maybe. Hmm. Not that that would make sense. Solo doesn't top isn't the first song on you know what would no. be side one. So who knows? It was interesting to me too to see like solo reprise only be like you know five songs after the original out of uh, seventeen tracks. You know, some of those are only a minute long. Yeah, some of those know. are uh, then yeah. like skitty, right? Yeah, there's "Be Yourself." That's that's the mom, uh, you know, uh, warning about drugs and alcohol. I love that part. <laughs> yeah, so and funny. then there's this Facebook story mm-hmm. that's you know, uh, that's just that yeah you know, clip of the guy telling the story about about his girlfriend breaking up with him because he wouldn't follow her back. Although, okay, that is cold, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously he also just follow her back. Who cares? I know, no. I mean, I get it. Okay, he had a point. He was proving or whatever, and he let a relationship. And maybe he's correct, right? If somebody is willing to throw it all away because you didn't accept their friend, like you know, request on Facebook. But it is also kind of weird that he's that standoffish about it. Right, it's shallowness on one side, and like maybe being too critical on the other side. Yeah, it's exactly. I, okay like uh, it's one thing to you know she's like well here accept my friendship request on facebook and and you know he's like oh but why this is ridiculous you should just do it because then it's gonna look weird if we're you know people are gonna ask it's like okay you don't have to like all our posts you don't have to like you know check in every day that's fine if she got weird about that then you could be like oh it's pure jealousy for sure hmm. but also she's not asking you to be one of those people you know those couples right that have the same facebook account <laughs> i just you know saw a meme people? for that <laughs> i just saw a meme for that where it's like when they have a shared account and it's a woman sitting there with a ventriloquist dummy <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah you know that says to me though that like you do not trust this guy at all like that mm-hmm. relationship mm-hmm. is fundamentally mm-hmm. broken on every level and yeah. you two should not be together because god you damn. are on a leash yeah the fact that you do not trust somebody to have their own account (laughs) i could see it only in the case of somebody who's such like a technophobe or a luddite or even is just so morally opposed to social media that they're like look if you want me to have a presence fine you can say that i'm on your fucking account but i am not logging into any goddamn facebook it just it just screams like control issues (laughs) it does 100 (laughs) percent yeah Yikes. I would say, man, the minute. So even that sketch, he was like, uh, he was like, and then she asked me to have a combined, you know, Facebook, a couple. I would have been like, yeah, dude, run for the hills. Get out of there. Mm -hmm. You know, follow her back. You've been dating for three years. Yeah, well, that's true. Three years. He also said in your house, like implying that, like, I don't know if they didn't live together, but he's like, he said every day in your house, like, like, Mm -hmm. what what are you, what are you freeloading here? Like, you can't even, can't even, uh, on your house, on your couch, where I sleep. Yeah, like <laughs> eating your food because you are the breadwinner. Um, anyway, well, okay. I don't know if there are anything else to be said about this album. I, I think uh, 
I think, yeah, my, my two points for me to sum it up were that like, like, yeah, for sure. I totally get that. It's, it can be slow meandering. It lacks melody. <laughs> That's totally true. Uh, but you know, I think it, it, the atmosphere really like works for me in, and it has some great powerful moments of just good introspective lyrics and uh, meditation. You know, I think maybe there's a reason it's a slower moving album. Mm. It does have a one spot in the whole record. It all of a sudden goes into a breakbeat, <laughs> which is, which I was not expecting, but after listening to most of it uh, and you know, this is, this is what I am. This is set the bar for me for post R and B. So okay. going forward, I don't know how many more of these are going to be in here, but I'm like, okay, this, I want at least this level of thoughtfulness in like the lyric writing, if not, you know, the, the production of the music, but just, you know, if, if I'm going to be sold an album as being deep, I want it to be at least this deep. Better be deep. Better be this, at Damn least it. this deep. Yeah. What, what about you guys? What do you, what do you think? Naomi. Okay. <laughs> um, well, you know, I'm really glad that you explained some of the lyrical content because that kind of helped. I really like some of the messages that that were talked about. Um, even though there was nothing about the white tiger guy, I'm, I'm okay with it. <laughs> there was a white Ferrari. Um, they talked about a white Ferrari. Yes, they did. Yeah. But though, like, especially like, I, I, I liked the, some of the messages. I had a hard time understanding the messages because I, I couldn't quite understand his flow. This might be a me problem. But for me, the album was just a bunch of ambient sounds that didn't tie together musically for me. Yeah, it didn't. I, it didn't work. I would say that's totally fair. In fact, yeah. if anything, there was a criticism, and maybe I'll read it really quick, um, that uh, basically said, um, Blonde should be celebrated as part of a generational shift away from the obvious in pop, which, yeah, 100% I agree. Uh, but the record is meandering, contemplative, and introverted, right? Uh, so, yeah, it, that it might be a laborious experience for some listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I completely that's a completely fair criticism. I would say my first listen through, I felt that more. And it was the second one through that, uh, that really sold a lot of it for me. But I would say that I wasn't sold on the whole thing. It, I was sold on some moments and, and you know, but I, I don't know, committing to an hour to sit through this whole record again. Maybe not. Yeah. Charlie, I thought you liked it more than that. Oh, okay. no, I liked it. I liked it. Let's say uh, out of a hundred percent, you know, I'll give it like a. It's like in the seventy to seventy-five. It's like a C plus. Okay. Wow, wow, that's funny. I mean, I, I, I rated. I don't know exactly what I'd rated, but I definitely rate it way higher. I mean, my first listen through, it. I mean, it won points with me right off the bat for being weird and interesting. And I was like, okay, I'm listening, right? Like, what else you got? And then just like throughout the whole album, I know, I mean, an hour is a long time for an album, um, but just like the the I just found it so weird and chill and introspective, and um, just all the choices or a lot of the choices for like, I really was into the sounds of the synths and the fact that percussion is used so sparingly that like there you can go lots of tr- you can go a long stretch of time without really hearing much of a beat and then it comes Very in much. when it's poignant when it makes sense right when he's shifting the mood or when he's going from there's i can't remember there's which one it was but there's one track where 
I think that's the the halfway point of the album where it's kind of like a drug trip where the first half of the song is kind of is a very chill and very just like you know nice sounding synth and stuff like that and then it morphs halfway through and then the second half of the song is legitimately like a come down where it gets weird and it gets noisy and it gets uh more discombobulated and stuff like that and so i really you know things like that word of the day you brought it out so i'm going to keep using it um and i i really enjoyed that kind of thing uh so i think that i i mean i love this album i thought it was excellent cool okay well you guys want to hear what rolling stone had to say about it what they say Well, they put it at number 79 on their list. Uh, So they said of Frank Ocean's Blonde. Frank Ocean turned the release of Blonde into a daring aesthetic stunt in itself. After years of high expectations, after Channel Orange, uh, apparently that camp comes in at number 148. Hmm. Uh, He fulfilled his Def Jam contract with the visual project Endless. But then, within hours, he released his own Blonde. It's a boldly personal statement full of layered harmonies. I wouldn't say full. Anyway, sorry. As Ocean mutates his voice to match every mood, the songs were so nakedly intimate, it felt like a post-hip-hop pet sounds in the spirit of Beyonce, who sings on Pink and White, and Elliot Smith, whose voice appears on Siegfried. Ivy is his most deeply melancholic confession. Ocean mourns a lost love over a distorted guitar lamenting, we'll never be those kids again. Uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, okay, that's fair. I don't know if I would call it a post hip hop pet sounds, but if that's what it aspired to be, then it didn't fall too short of the mark. It's fun. It's funny because you can definitely see his influences as, uh, you know. Well, uh, that harmony, they say layered with harmonies. I, I wouldn't say that. It does. I get, I get that a bunch of the time where he does the, the modulated voice, but he also does another voice, a modulated voice underneath of that as well. But there is that one spot in the song where there's a big vocal harmony. And sure. I could see that being kind of uh, modeled after some like, you know, Brian Wilson-esque mm-hmm. Beach Boys harmonies for sure. If that's true. But yeah, lamenting will never be those kids again. Yeah, for sure. I, I think this. Now the question really is, does it deserve its ranking? I give it to him. Yeah. Um, uh, I think so because of the fact that it's so different. And if anything, like I've said before, anything that kind of ushers in a new style or whatnot, it, it deserves to be on the list. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think maybe I'm just going to go ahead and say, yeah, maybe it should be right here in the top 100, at least for stuff that's this contemporary. Right. For sure. I, I mean, for me, like I was just saying earlier, I think it's really, it set the bar for something. So if it's done that, then yeah, it definitely deserves its spot somewhere in the echelon of uh, greatest albums of all time, I guess, in the greater canon. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it where it is. But here's the real question. Is it going in your record collection? Hell no. Naomi <laughs> said no. That's as big as a surprise. What a shocker. What a shocker. <laughs> uh, Charlie? And just as, just as shocking, I'm going to say yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to say yes as well. I don't think this is going to come out all that often. I think this is going to be, I'm having a day. I'm having a, I'm in a mood. Yeah. maybe this album, is, this album is a mood, right? Yeah, maybe there's a bit of a drizzle outside and you just need yeah. something to put on to kind of stew in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. 
this is this is you know I, i'll put this in the same category as gee i'm glad it's raining <laughs> <laughs> basically the same thing basically the same thing all right. well here's an interesting here's an interesting thing previously in the 2012 version mm-hmm. uh number 79 spot was led zeppelin 2 oh so bump led zeppelin 2 we haven't seen led zeppelin we 2 yet hey? we haven't seen no uh it's interesting that and I always like to find whatever comparisons because I know that I'm probably just making them up, fabricating them totally. But mm-hmm. this is technically um, Frank Ocean's second album, right? And Zeppelin II would have been their second album, so it's a still a sophomore release. Okay, I see. Sorts. You're looking. You're looking for patterns where there are none. That's human nature. I totally, hundred percent. <laughs> that's that's the way this. That's the way I believe that this simulation runs, and I will keep <laughs> looking for them. Um. Well. Uh, I'm a, speaking of patterns, I have a feeling that as we see more of this kind of R&B, as I've now, I don't know, I, I'm not going to take claim for this. I've heard this used in reference to this, but this idea of post R&B, mm-hmm. right? B-R-B. I have a feeling that's more of what we're going to see from like contemporary, you know, pop music mm-hmm. is more of this as the list goes ahead. If we see any more, right? You know, but this knows? is why I never listen to anything new. <laughs> You're right. Music was perfected in in, in the 90s. In 1991. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. About around the time that Bad Out of Hell came out. Bad Out of Hell 2, excuse me. Bad Out of Hell 2, yeah. Because how could you ever beat the genius of objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are? That's, That's it. <laughs> When I talk deep lyrics, I'm like, that's what I expect. I'm expecting that kind of. There's depth. never been a better song made. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Meatloaf. Okay. Uh, moving on, unless you guys have anything else to say. I think we covered it. We covered it. Okay. Well, then let's uh, get some of these plugs out of the way. Like our very own website. You want to follow us on social media? You know, that, that helps us out. You know, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of them. We got them all. And we put them on a nice convenient place called the website. Charlie, what is that website? Oh, I get to that website. You just got to boot up your browser and go to l2lpodcast.com. Right on. And you want your voice heard? You know, you don't got a microphone in front of you. Well, maybe you got a phone, but you're probably listening to this on a phone right now. Why don't you go on over to that keypad section of your phone and dial in these digits and you can leave us a message. Uh, Maybe we'll play it after the show. Could be about anything. Could be about one of the topics we're talking about. Could be just, you know, whatever you got on your mind. Just let us know. Uh, Naomi, what's that number? You leave us a voicemail at 780-851-8785. Right on. Please do leave a message. Okay, and our hosts, uh, you know, they've got their own things going on. They've they're fully realized human beings with their own uh, wishes and desires, and maybe help them out with some of their, uh, you know, their day to day going on. Charlie, what do you got going on? Oh, you know me. I've got uh, I've got all kinds of merch for you at oldmandesign.com. Matter of fact, it's merch. It's the month of merch. So it's merch madness, baby. Come on down to oldmandesign.com. We got all kinds of t-shirts. You you like this podcast? Help us support us by uh, picking up a t-shirt and a mug. Oldmandesign.com. We'll get you sorted. Cool. Yeah, do that. Wear an L2L t-shirt and have people go like L2L, is that a band? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? You'll be so cool. You won't, People won't even know what you're talking about. You're yeah. Hipster. All right, Naomi, what do you got going on? 
I have a podcast called Dope Nostalgia. Uh, we interview people who were doing their thing in the 90s and musically. Uh, this week's guest coming up is the lead singer of the band Candlebox, Kevin Martin. Ooh, hey, that's a big get. All right, yeah. cool. And we've got that's a Patreon. Cool patreon.com slash learning to listen you can really help us out by going there and subscribing uh and you know as a nice little thank you for doing so you'll get an additional uh bit of content at the top of every episode also episodes come out early you can get the archive episodes there and then take a look around there might be some of the bonus stuff that you want to check out so once again patreon.com slash learning to listen okay thank you everybody for hanging out with us today uh yeah learned all about frank ocean now i gotta learn more because apparently he's so enigmatic nobody knows anything about him except that there's a big in-depth wikipedia page i could probably read um want to know what we're doing next week do tell okay so next week it's going to be number 78 on our list elvis presley the sun sessions never so awesome yeah uh this is an interesting one i think i have this album but i don't think it's this version of this album i think it's a a repackaged re-release version of the album, so I'm going to go check that out. But yeah, we're getting into the king, and just in time for a Boz Lern- Lerman movie to uh, to drop. <laughs> to so, drop. yeah, I don't know if you guys have watched the trailer for that, but maybe check out the trailer for Elvis. Uh, uh, you got uh, Tom Hanks playing the Colonel, huh. cool, wearing a fat suit. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. Okay, and then uh, other than that, we got to wrap this thing up. So. After all this talk about deep introspective lyrics, one of the lyrics right off the top is what got me my wrap up because it's just obvious because I'm not as deep as Frank Ocean. It's if you need that dick, make sure he rap, rap, raps it up. It's a D. was fun and then it got really dark for a while a little bit anti-establishment but the next thing you knew it was totally fun again so many artists came and went and left us wondering what are they doing now this podcast isn't about the heavy hitters who are still making millions it's about everyone else the ones whose careers didn't really leave that decade and kind of just still live in our memory so you mean vanilla ice had another song we all know what happened to marky mark But what about the Funky Bunch? Who were the KLF? And why did Tammy Wynette record a song with an electro dance band that topped the charts? Two genres that specifically defined the 90s. What were freestyle and New Jack Swing all about? Did you know that Blossom star Joey Lawrence had a huge pop hit? Or that Alanis Morissette had a really hot pop career in Canada before Jagged Little Pill? Special guests will also be joining me to discuss the great era of glitter, grunge, thin eyebrows, hammer pants, and total ridiculousness. We're even setting up some interviews with some of the musicians that define the times. Okay, so if you're older than 30, you might be sitting here going, Man, I totally remember that song, but I have no idea who does that. Well then, you better listen and find out.
I'm Naomi Carmack, host of the Ultimate 90s podcast, Dope Nostalgia. You're going to be busting the move again, coming in early 2020. You want to follow us so that you know when we go live? Check out our Twitter at Nostalgia Dope, or you can find us on Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. If you've got a question or you just want to be on the show, email us at Dope Nostalgia Podcast at gmail.com.